Gentlemen, we went over the rules in the dressing room. I want to caution you to keep this fight clean at all times, and what I say you must obey. Live from the WKOM studio in downtown Columbia, it's time to wake up and get woke. It's three dudes with a view. Let's get it all! He's pounded down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound up, watch our bandit run. Welcome to Wednesday edition, Three Dudes with a View. I'm dude number three. I'm Delk Kennedy. Clayton, what, the school's not in. How are you still driving the bus? Uh, well, I'm actually not driving the school bus this morning, Delk. I actually had to drop a, uh, a a child off with a grandparent who came up to take him out for his birthday today. So uh, I'm, I'm about five minutes away from the station. All right. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York, how are you? Good morning, Dale. Good morning, everybody. All right. Uh, regular special guest dude on Wednesday and Thursday, Debbie Matthews. Good morning. You? So good to see everybody. Um, do you mind if I give a shout-out to somebody? No. Listen, I'm friends with Connie Poling on uh, no, well, yeah, on uh, Facebook, and um, every morning she puts something out there that just makes me laugh. And so I just want to say thank you out there for people that make people chuckle. This morning she said, the older I get, the more I understand why roosters just scream to start their day. And I thought that was hysterical. So, okay. Anyway. There we so go. Good. All right. Special guest today, uh, State Senator Heidi Campbell, now uh, Democratic nominee for 5th Congressional District, Tennessee. She'll be facing uh andy ogles in the november election the republican nominee and whoever wins of course will be our congressman howdy gamble welcome thank you thanks so much for having me today it's great to be with you again glad to have you it looks 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 like you've invited us into your kitchen maybe um no this is just my office okay um i warn you i have a dog here hopefully he won't bark oh that'll be all right not a problem. We love dogs. All right, folks. Yesterday, I've been a little under the weather, and I blew my voice out uh, yelling at Mr. York and <laughs> and uh, and paid for it. So I'm going to be relatively quiet today. Now, Debbie, we had you on. Debbie is, Debbie is actually the chair of the Murray Republican Party, mm-hmm. and she's also a Republican candidate for mayor here this fall. I am. And uh, we, we did with her this last week what we're doing with you right now. We invite the candidates to come on and spend an hour with us and uh but what we do is a little different than what i think you see in other broadcast journalism we 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 let the candidates uh explain themselves present themselves as they would like to uh present themselves and my my finding is that you know if if there are things that people don't like or warts or whatever you know you let them talk they'll come out you don't need to challenge them and uh so that's that's so debbie uh are you saying for me to be nice to heidi i'm saying be nice to heidi (laughs) well heidi heidi's been in the music business she and i have run in the same circles a long time so i would not be nice to heidi i got you and well and that's not to say i mean i think who we're talking to today are uh democrats 
independents and uh, potential backsliding Republicans. And so... Uh, there will be no backsliding. backsliding there will the, be no backsliding. Uh, there will be no division in the ranks. Credible people with a good point of view. <laughs> well, There'll be no division in the ranks. I'm going to let you and Mr. York take the lead, but I mean, it's okay to ask Heidi questions about issues. Sure. And let, let her answer. And, well, she's uh, going to D.C. to fight for Tennesseans, so she's got to. I mean, Heidi, you're not afraid. And uh, if you're going to. Uh, let me just tell you guys, I work up in the legislature in Tennessee, so I am no stranger to uh, to controversy and tough questions. So feel free to ask me tough questions. I can handle it. Well, yeah, let me just put it in the context of, I mean, we've got people right here in our listening audience who are trying to make up their mind as to what to do, who to vote for come mm-hmm. November. Right. And uh, Heidi, you know, being I mean, this is a, a majority Republican district, at least it's thought to be. And um, so she's got to appeal to independents. She's got to appeal to some Republicans. Right. And so let's ask questions that those folks might want to have answered. Uh, Mr. York, you go first. I'm going to try to save my voice today. Yeah, okay. Hey, good morning, Heidi. How are you doing? Good morning. Doing great. Uh, one of the one of the big issues that if you are elected and when you're elected to, to Congress is the southern border. And we're not talking about Alabama and Tennessee. We're talking about the border uh, 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 that borders Texas, Mexico, Arizona, and that area. And, and the issue is that Democrats want open borders. What's your position on that? Oh, we need strong borders and we need to enforce the laws on the books. But, you know, we also need uh, an immigration system that works for the 21st century. When I go across this district and talk to people, the conversation about immigrants in our community is really uh, about what hard workers they are. So I think, you know, this division politics serves a purpose when we really should be focused on problem solving. I think people are weaponizing it for their own political gain. Um, You know, nonetheless, of course, we need strong borders. um, And we also need to realize that we need a guest worker program that works for everybody. Uh, you know, and not not to forget that immigrants are helping us build affordable housing and working in our stores and warehouses. And um, it's important that that we take all of that into consideration. The media likes to make things seem um, very extreme and black and white. But, you know, like anything else, this is a very complicated issue that requires thoughtful and um, and deliberate decisions. So, so Heidi, you're you're saying you're happy with what's going on with the border right now? Yes or no? Oh no, no, I didn't say that. No, okay. I think I, I think we have some issues that we need to address. Okay. So, are you saying that it's broken at the border? Tell us where you're, what you see, the state of the border right now. Right. Yeah. No, I'm very clear that that we need strong borders and we need to have a guest worker program that's efficient um, and and we need to have 21st century solutions. I do believe we have a guest worker program. Um, I think the Democrats railed against Trump for using that in his his hotel, especially in Florida. Right now in Columbia, Tennessee, we have a well, I had two people over OD in my mother's and dad's driveway. Fentanyl is out of control, and we know it's flowing through the border. So can you tell us where you feel the border situation and the drugs are connected? 
Oh, we definitely have a fentanyl problem that that is flowing through the border. We also have a huge drug problem here in the United States that was exacerbated by allowing drug companies um, like those owned by the Sacklers to um, to get people hooked on OxyContin. So, you know, that's not just a simple approach. It's we have to also look at how we're regulating corporations and the way that they are distributing drugs and the way that, um, you know, people are um corrupt about about allowing um allowing lobbyists to influence um drug companies um interests in congress so i guess that that comment was basically i, I guess regarding the sacklers was talking about marcia blackburn and that uh, i sort of understand what you're trying to say here on the sackler thing but let's talk specifically about fentanyl because um i'm looking at from march of last year to this year a full doubling of the amount of fentanyl that has been seized at the border so um, we have no we are basically at a point now where this is being considered a weapon of mass destruction. How do you feel about that? Right. I mean, you're obviously trying to give me a gotcha question. No, I, no, I really want to know. I really want to know, Heidi, because our community is not yeah, okay. Right. We no. want to be we've we've got a problem down here. We've got a bad problem. And so we Amen. need. OK, so we need everybody focused on how we so, uh, give solutions to this. So the Democrats and the Republicans last week came out and said that we are expecting maybe or trying to make it as a weapon of mass destruction. And so I wanted to know where you you fall on that, because I'm looking at the border fentanyl well, I mean, seizures. Debbie, what what would be the. Well, I want to close the border. What would be the implications of that? I mean, I don't don't know. I'm looking at the stat right now. In 2019, 2,633 pounds of fentanyl came across the border. In 2020, 4,558 pounds. As of February of February of 2021, 10,856 pounds. That is not even talking about this year. And today, the news was reporting that they have found the uh, rainbow fentanyl. Uh, Skittle-looking type drugs and Lego boxes that were trying to be yeah. brought in, and we we're approaching Halloween. I, mean, I, I don't think that there's anybody. I'm, I'm sure Senator but Campbell does not. I, I'll just tell does you, does I'll, not I'll say that this is not a terrible oh, problem. I know it is, but she's going to be in the position to solve this. So I want to. I just want to. I just want to pick her brain. I well, I mean, would classifying fentanyl as a weapon of mass destruction? I don't know. That came out. Of, they came out of Congress last week. I don't know what the difference would be. I, I mean, of, I, of, of the classification. I'm, I'm an old federal prosecutor. But I don't, folks, I don't folks. see how that. I mean, you know, fentanyl pe- penalties are. Uh, significant already, okay. and uh, federal penalties are. <clears throat> well, I think what they're trying to do uh, stepped Delk up is, enforcement. I, well, I mean, they're ta- I'm shocked I, about fentanyl. I'll I tell think you. I think it's the drugs that are coming across the border uh, that with the cartels is how it will be handled in court if it's if it's rated different. Okay, I don't know. Hey, if I, you know what? Seizures are a good thing. I'm glad they're up. I'm glad that seizures are up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, stepped-up enforcement is going to be necessary. Uh, Here, here's a here's the issue I'd like to find out, Heidi. Here's the issue I'd like to find out. Okay, we got fentanyl out there by the pounds, by the by the by the tons. Is it that we have that much mental illness in our states and in our country that people are so easy to be persuaded to take the drug? What is it? Mental illness? That's the problem. Or is it just people looking for something else? What What do you think? 
Uh, well, as I said, I think that the, getting people hooked on OxyContin in our country had a big influence on people being addicted to drugs in general. And yes, of course, we know, we look at the data and we know that mental illness is up. Um, and we do need to provide services for people so that especially, um, you know, our younger people so that they don't get hooked on drugs. Um, but, you know, I, this is an issue I think we agree on. I think we're glad that um, the majority of these um uh, drugs are something that both parties think seizures need to be um, up and and we need to get it under control. That's a problem. Yeah. Uh, Senator Gamble, what do you see as the most important issues that you would carry to Washington as our representative? People here are... Um, I talked to people across this uh, district, and people here are concerned about affordable housing, affordability, the kitchen table issues. You know, we spend a lot of time, um, a lot of oxygen gets taken up with these divisive issues um, and the identity politics stuff. But the truth of the matter is, is that really people just want um, to be able to earn a good living and um, have affordable child care and send their their kids to schools that um that you know actually work which is a big problem in our state um so um the promise of social security and medicare is a problem with my opponent who says he wants to cut social programs health care affordability for families is a, is an issue um my opponent wants to repeal health care protections um strengthening our public schools my opponent wants to cut every single dollar every single dollar from the department of education and that's 10 percent of tennessee's education budget and it's funding that benefits kids with disabilities and kids in low-income communities and school lunches and vocational training for jobs um you know we need to tackle inflation by taking on price gouging corporations and my opponent is bought and paid for by billionaires he was the lead for americans for prosperity and um you know inevitably you've got to follow the money and look look at um look at who's um, who's funding people to figure out what they're going to do. Okay. All things I think Democrats, independents, and backsliding Republicans might want to know. Not um, backsliding Republicans. Real astute Republicans. Jim. There will be no division in the ranks. Real astute. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what that's what Heidi's got to do to win. And uh, so we're that's what we're doing for our listeners today is, is asking how she would uh, how, how she would address the needs, wants of those groups. All right, let's take a break. Motor Sales is our area's premier GMC dealership. Their lot at 919 Nashville Highway has an impressive selection of GMC vehicles, trucks from the light-duty GMC Canyon to the Sierra 3500 Heavy Duty, and everything in between. GMC's SUVs are impressive with the Terrain, Acadia, and Yukon. Want luxury? Ask about Denali upgrades. Go to ParksMotorsales.com for information and see their awesome offers and services. Parks Motor Sales, GMC. We are professional grade. Hello, 
I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. By now, you all know about Don, our service truck guy. Well, let me tell you about another member of our service team, and that's Mike Ashley. He's the guy you'll talk to when you call the office. Just call and talk to Mike one time at 931-540-0919, and you'll see why we're lucky to have him here at the Garbage Man. Thanks, Mike, for all you do to keep the Garbage Man first in service. That's 931-540-0919. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Serving Murray County for 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has provided the highest quality jewelry at the very best prices. They work hard to make their customers happy, and it's paid off. Their customers keep going back. Quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. We offer jewelry loans up to $4,500, and we will buy your gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still the same. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hi, this is Dr. Wendy Tui from the Dr. Gill Center. Most chronic back problems are caused by compression from the disc becoming thinner and bulging as we get older. All we have to do is treat the disc by gently decompressing the spine. You may not have to rely on dangerous drugs, risky injections, and often unnecessary surgeries. If you are experiencing neck, back, hip, or leg pain, it's likely we can help you. Initial exam and x-rays, $39. Call me painfree.com or 615-551-9224. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Estate Plan Stan, and I'm hosting a free estate planning seminar on Saturday, October 15th at 10 a.m. right here in Columbia at the Memorial Building. We will talk about wills, trusts, and how to protect your life savings from the high cost of the nursing home. If estate planning is still on your to-do list, don't miss this free event in Columbia. Join me on Saturday, October 15th. Call 931-363-7222 to RSVP or visit estateplanstand.com. And I am Estate Plan Stan. He's pounded down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound up, watch our bandit run. All 
morning, Coach. My name's Del Kennedy. I'm dude number three, dude number two, Clayton Harris. How you doing? Doing well, Del. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jimmy Orr. Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody. Regular special guest dude, Debbie Matthews. Good morning. So good to be here. And special guest today, State Senator Heidi Campbell. <coughs> Excuse me, folks. Del, I got a question here. Let me let me hit Heidi with this one. Okay, go ahead, Mr. York, because I'm coughing. Heidi, Heidi, people are, are that are running for political office and government want it, seem to want to impose their religious agenda on you or whoever's in the in in the constituency. They want to impose their religious agenda on your family. Uh, they want to change the laws, schools, workplace, health care, and want to change this nation to a fundamental Christian nation. How will your values, based on your upbringing, impact your ability to work harmoniously in the Congress? Well, that's a great question. You're so right. That is going on. And, you know, our country is built upon the freedom of people to practice their religion and also a separation of church and state. And, um, you know, I think that we would all agree that we don't want someone else's moral values imposed upon us. Um, and we really need to focus on what government is supposed to do, which is handle sort of the kitchen table issues that, um, that government services is, is, is all about. And I have been able to do that. In, um, in the legislature where there are a lot of people who are predisposed that way. Um, we have to be able to work with one another. You know, um, all this divisive politics may serve a political agenda, but it hurts citizens, it hurts residents, and we need to calm down and um, act like adults and really focus on um, solving problems. And legislation is a long game. It's complicated. It takes a lot of time. I was interested by um, in the Republican primary, all the comments about how we're going to impeach Joe Biden and, you know, ban abortion, all these things, you know, it's the it's like the unmitigated power of the fifth district. Listen, when you're a legislator, you're hoping you get on a good committee and that you can actually work on some legislation that can make a difference. It's not um, it's it's not an executive role. And you have to be able to you have to be able to put in the time. So are you talking about one of the moral issues, Heidi or Jim, when you're talking about that, that the most of your constituents do have a problem with late term abortions? So, Heidi, what's the week? What week are you okay with? Lindsey Graham is saying 15 weeks, which is one week uh, longer than France. Most countries do not allow uh, late term abortions. I think it's us and Canada and Australia is about it. So what's your week that you would be okay with abortions or are you okay with late term abortions? Okay, Debbie, there's your pitch. Let's let let her answer. Uh, you know, we've ceded the opportunity to have that discussion because we've made abortion illegal in the state of Tennessee without any exceptions. And my opponent is obviously um, down with that because when a reporter asked him about exceptions for rape and incest, his, his response to that was that that was a red herring. The women that I know that have been raped don't see that as a red herring. And I will also say that doctors in this state who um, are obstetricians and gynecologists are put in a very 
impossible situation where when they have um, something like a woman who has cancer and um, has has um, gotten pregnant and the um, the cancer is going to be exacerbated by that and she will lose her life, they can't perform a necessary life-saving abortion when they have ectopic pregnancies. Legislators who have absolutely no medical experience and quite frankly, no experience giving birth should not be making decisions about women's reproductive rights. Um, government should stay out of our bedrooms, period. Okay. Now, how do you, more importantly, though, I think more, more to the point in the job that you seek and the job that you have, state senator, uh, is the is abortion or, and the you know the terms under which it would be allowed or not allowed uh, is that a federal issue to be decided by the U.S. Congress or is that an issue uh, that you won't have to fool with if you're elected to Congress that should rightfully be decided back in the state senate and state legislature? That's a federal issue because we shouldn't we shouldn't have different laws in some states than we have in others that were that with regard to people's freedom. Okay. Some people in states should not be more free than people in other states. That's not what the United States of America is. Are about. you equating that with gun rights as well? Since some guns are it's freer to carry in other states than others, are we going to be completely free on all subjects, or are you okay with limiting gun ownership in certain states but keeping abortion? I want to make sure that you're flowing here. Are we the same regarding that, Heidi? I appreciate you looking out for me on that. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for making sure I'm flowing. Um, so uh, we need common sense gun regulations, of course. And um, you know, I, I think that um, I think that people should be, um, you know. We have a problem when we know this with people getting guns in some states and taking them over the border and um, school shootings and all of the horrible outcomes that we've seen from that. We need common sense gun relate, I believe, in um, the Second Amendment completely. But I also think that we need common sense gun legislations um, and regulations so that we're keeping our children and our communities safe. Senator Campbell, um, is there been any talk about possibly you and your opponent debating at any point in time or, or anything like that that's such a good question i have been offered seven debates and every single one of them have immediately responded and said that i would love to do so my opponent is hiding ah. he has not been um, willing to debate at all and he hasn't been responding to any offers to debate i think he doesn't think it's necessary for him to even campaign I believe that if you're going to run for public office as important as a congressional seat, that you have a responsibility to talk to your constituents and make make your case for why you should be elected. And I'm happy to do that at every opportunity. And um, and I, it's unfortunate. I have to applaud Debbie Matthews because I know she's running for mayor for um, really being out there and telling people, you know, what her platform is, because our constituents deserve to know that before they go to the voting booth. And Heidi's I, showing I up everywhere. I mean, I was on WTN last week. Heidi is and I said, Heidi Campbell, this is her third appearance on WKOM. And well, that's and a big deal. Our, our, our it's friend, a big deal. Our no. friend, Drake Colley, I think uh, y'all had a, a meet and greet event, uh, Miss Campbell, and uh, that apparently went really well, too. So, yeah, I mean, that's great. Well, that's been the funnest part of this. I, I really mean that. That's not just a bunch of political stuff. I I have really enjoyed getting to meet all the people um, over the past several months that I've gotten to meet. And I... Growing up, um, 
I, in Nashville, I remember I loved Franklin because it just seemed like such a charming town. And that's the way I feel about Columbia now. Franklin's not quite as charming as it used to be in some ways because there's some more big box. Columbia is an awesome town. I love it. So, Thank you. I've had, uh, I've had fun. I, I will tell you, uh, just, and I, I think you brought up a subject that our, our listeners probably would like to know about, and, and it's apropos to this campaign. Um, we do communicate uh, sometimes through back channels, but not always directly with our counterparts in Nashville at WLAC, WTN. Uh, and we have all compared notes, and uh, your opponent is not returning our phone calls from any of those stations uh, with requests for interviews. Uh, so that's just a fact that's out there in this campaign. Uh, Mr. York, you so, look, look so, like you got a question. Yeah, so we got two two candidates running this race. We got uh, Senator Heidi Campbell and we got Heidi Ogles. <laughs> hmm? What? Did I say that? No, no, I said we got two candidates running in this race. You got Senator Heidi Campbell and Heidi Ogles. Oh, oh okay. All right. All right. He's in his, I'm a little so slow, Miss York. I'm yeah. a little slow. I think he's talking about Heidi Ogles or whatever. But, but, so. but let me ask another question. We, th- this thing about banding books in public libraries, and that's one of Ogles' big things. He wants, don't want to fund the, didn't want to fund the library. Okay, but now, is, is this a federal issue? Is this something that Congress It, it could doing? be. It could be. Because okay. all right. it, it's, it's in the national discussions all over the place. When are we going to become a nation uh, that allows people to learn based on the material that's been done before them. Like, we have Nobel uh, Prize winners that went to public schools, and I know they had access to a lot of public material in the library to be good researchers. Why is that a big problem? Why do you think that's a big problem, Senator Campbell? Oh, you know, history's never looked very kindly on um, on communities that ban books. I mean, I, I can't think of any instance when we've looked back historically. And this is what we see when we're starting to get more of, more of an autocratic and um, and less democratic um, environment. And it's it's you know it's not a new thing. And quite frankly, you know reminds us of autocrats like Hitler and World War II. So I think book banning is um, is is not a good way to deal with um, with fear. And that's really what fundamentally is at the root of it. Um, and, you know, um, there are certainly things that we need to have in place to um, to protect our children. But this has really gone too far. And quite frankly, let's just be honest, it, it gigs up the base. And, and that's that's what a lot of that is about, I think. Well, I think the base cares about these issues, Heidi. I don't think it's just, I mean, we care about these issues. So, you know, to keep saying that it's its just a division thing, uh, it minimalizes it just a bit, just on the way we feel about stuff, okay? I, uh, I would like to go back, because you mentioned during abortion that men have no uh, right to be making decisions over these things in the legislature. And you'll probably stay in the legislature when this comes back to Tennessee to talk about. But you say these people that are not participating in in uh, pregnancy or whatever should have no say. And then you also talked about 
kitchen table issues, and one of them being public schools. Right now, you live in Oak Hill, which is an affluent area of Nashville, but you have two children that are in private school. So one is in university school, I think, and the other one, I think, is in the Northeast in a boarding school. So can you walk us through how you're going to be able, since you're not participating in public schools as a parent, how you're going to be able to inform us on how we need to deal with public school, uh, school vouchers, et cetera? Well, what's, sure. Is that a state issue? Again, is that a state no, issue? It's a fed- well, it's a federal issue with funding. We talked about the Department of Education, et cetera. So, uh, and I, but I would also argue that her opponent doesn't have any kids in public schools Well, touche. Yeah. I think that yeah. public good, schools... Good point, Clay. Yes. A but, really good point. But Heidi, you know, Heidi made a decision, and she she mentioned public schools at the table as a table issue for parents. So... Are we seeing our public schools fail, Heidi? What can we do? What What is our answer what, to this? What can the federal government do? That's she's running for well, the U.S. That's ma- that's matching funds to the state for <laughs> for funding for our education system, okay. et cetera. Right. But so, she mentioned public schools. You, I did. You're starting to sound like Don Lemon, Debbie. Am I? Yeah. Am I? I know. I think public schools, vouchers, all those things are where we are. Well, I mean, don't ask a question that begs an answer. Let her answer. Okay. Uh, the, um, but, and again, though, so is there an issue on the national stage right now with the U.S. Congress and public schools. Is there something you would like to see? Public schools are always important. It's always important we support public schools. And guess what? The thing is, you don't have to listen to me tell you um, what I would do because you can look at what I already have done. Um, I have written and passed bills um, out of committee to increase the number of counselors, the number of RTI instructors. My record on public education is a matter of public record. And you can see very clearly that I support public schools. And you can see floor speeches where I advocate for increasing funding for public schools. And you can talk to the public schools in my district with whom um, I've spent a lot of time visiting and getting to know the specific issues within as a mayor. And uh, in, in my city, those public schools, Everton High School, is one of the most challenges challenged public schools um, in in uh, the state of Tennessee, um, and also as a state senator, where I have been there to visit all of the schools um, that I've had the opportunity to visit, and um, been there to uh, talk with the children and and learn specifically about the issues that they're dealing with. One thing I advocate for, and you know, even if it's not a federal issue, I can still be an advocate, is community schools. You know, that builds um, services around schools so that we don't have to, you know. Um, we we don't have to deal with the fact that we're not fully funding our schools and we can actually start to improve outcomes for children by um, reaching out to the community and getting assistance from them. So it's a great question, and would, I think people should be fu- Would that be federal-funded, Heidi, for the community schools or help? federal funding do you think because i think it's needed yes so as i I just said those are built primarily by by getting community people to contribute that's where the funding comes from all right let's take a break and come we come back let's let's talk about the nuts and bolts of this election a little bit and see what see where we're going This is Barry Duke, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia.
At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. We know that Jeep owners are one of a kind. Choose from our huge inventory or build your own one-of-a-kind Jeep from the ground up. Stop by today and one of our product specialists will help you customize the Jeep you want. Wrangler, Grand Cherokee, and Grand Wagoneer in the perfect color. Gotta have them options, powertrain, and more. And now, take advantage of the Jeep Wave program. More free maintenance at no additional cost. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. Have you imagined owning a piece of museum-quality estate jewelry? Well, now you can. Hi, this is Rick Tillis inviting you to Tillis Jewelry for our huge estate jewelry sale two days only, Friday and Saturday, October 7th and 8th. You will discover over $1 million of antique jewelry, all set with gorgeous diamonds and gemstones at prices in a selection you can only find at Tillis Jewelry. So don't forget, come by early while the selection is best. Friday and Saturday, October 7th and 8th. Look for the updates on Facebook and Instagram. For 40 years, Beck Dental Care has been the personalized and comfortable option for the health of your smile. The caring staff maintains a high level of safety protocols and attention to detail. Advanced technology provides your choice of sedation and the best of dental implant solutions to restore complete oral health. Open until 6 p.m. two nights a week. Call us at 931-388-8452 or visit us online at beckdentalcare.com. And they never heard from him again. Now that's scary. But listen to this one. It was a dark and dreary night. The man pulled into the convenience store parking lot. The lights flickered as he crept toward the counter and saw the new Halloween jumbo box. But he left without buying one, missing his chance at $75,000. That's terrifying. I know, right? Scare up some fun this season with a new Halloween jumbo box. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Fall has risen. Soon I will satisfy my thirst for a win. And there is only one way to do it. By playing the new October Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Fly by your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer for some instant fun. I'll meet you there. You can count on it. (laughs) With October Instant Games, you could sink your teeth into top prizes of up to $500,000. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Get ready for cold weather with Hiller's Happy HVAC Comfort Bundle. Keep your family warm inside and out. Bundle an HVAC replacement system with a germicidal UV light and an extended 10-year warranty and we'll include a free solo stove. Or get a free solo stove when you buy a whole home generator or water filtration and descaler. Plus, we're offering special zero interest financing for up to 12 months. Book online at happyhiller.com today. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Okay, welcome back. Three dudes with a view. I'm dude number three, Delta Kennedy. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. Doing well, Delta. 
Good morning, everybody. Mr. Jim York. Good morning, Dale. Good morning, everybody. Regular special guest dude, Debbie Matthews. Good morning. All right, and our very special guest today, State Senator Heidi Campbell, now the Democratic nominee for 5th Congressional District U.S. Congress in Tennessee, up for election against in an open seat against Andy Ogles, the Republican nominee, November 8th, coming very soon. All right, Heidi, let's... First of all, the district. Let me try to paint the picture. It contain it contains a southern sliver of Davidson County, a big hunk of Williamson County, all of Murray, all of Lewis, and all of Marshall, plus a southern slither of um, uh, Wilson, Wilson, County. Wilson, Wilson County over there. Yeah. Now, the last time Heidi was here, we asked her for a breakdown on percentages. And Heidi, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said Davidson County will carry 42% of this race, correct? That's right. And then Williamson County, about 28%. Um, you know, I don't remember specifically, but it's right around there. Okay. And then Murray County's the high teens, as is Wilson, and then under ten percent is both Lewis and Marshall, right? Okay. Yeah. So And so how do you live in Southern Davidson? And mm-hmm. uh you've represented that area as a state senator for um some time, have you not? Only two years. Oh, okay. Uh, she yes. jumped into the deep end as soon as she. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, Heidi, if you could help, we we had a debate down here for the primary, and the first question we asked our folks was, "Where do you lie politically with other people in Congress?" And it lets us sort of line up where you are. So, if we maybe looked at senators, where do you line up? Are you more with Joe Manchin or Kristen Cinema, or are you? Where are you on this scale with? someone that we could identify with to know sort of where you align? Sure. That's a great question. I'm a purple person. Um, I'm in the middle and I have, um, because of that, I have Republican, independent and um, and um, moderate Democrat support. Um, my district, I, so I was the mayor of a city that is a purple city and arguably a Republican city um, for six years. And um, Which city was that, Addie? Uh, Oak Hill. Okay. The city. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And um, and um, and currently, that's I still live in the place, same place. It's just that my district got bigger. But um, but the um, the major, all of the Davidson County portion of this district is in my district. So, my do you, district. but are you on the scale? Are you more like a Joe Manchin? Do you think you identify with him, or are you more like a Kristen Cinema, or are you more like a, a Amy Klobuchar? Where are you on the political scale? Do you think? Well, I, you know, I'm not going to compare myself to another person because I'm me. Um, but, you know, I will say that I, I just answered that question and I'm, I'm a purple person. I'm a moderate person. I think that we need to, um, we need to come together and the middle, the middle of the country is being ignored right now and, and we're focusing on extremes. Um, and, um, and I think a lot of people agree with that. Go ahead. She, she brought up the word extreme and, uh, Ms. Campbell, you know, we, we, we've been hearing, and maybe you can validate this, that uh, there are a lot of people that maybe voted Republican in the uh, primary, uh, maybe for, say, Beth Harwell or uh, General Winstead, that are now supporting you uh, because they do view the Republican nominee as too extreme. Is, are you, are, is, is that correct? 
So I made up this word, the words anecdata, and my anecdata tells me that. I don't have data on that, of course, but we do have a lot of people who supported Harwell and Winstead coming over. You know, I'm a I'm a, a daughter of Tennessee and people know me. I've grown up here. So um and not only that, you know, the great thing about this race is that your listeners don't have to speculate about what we would do as candidates. We've both been mayors, so we uh, we have evidence of how each of us would perform outside of any campaign rhetoric. And my main focus on getting uh, uh, as mayor was on getting our fiscal house in order. When I took office, I completely eliminated my own salary and significantly cut spending because our reserves had been drained by half and we were hemorrhaging funds. I ran a balanced budget and added back to our reserves every single year. And I left our city with the largest reserves we've, we have had at a time when our greatest source of revenue was phased out. And, you know, incidentally, the elimination of that source was something that Andy Ogles brags about. Andy, on the other hand, bought himself an expensive SUV, a lot of office furniture, fancy lunches, and treated our Murray County tax dollars like his own personal slush fund. I never missed a single meeting, not one single meeting. As a mayor, Andy hardly went to meetings and he skipped, I think, the Murray County budget meeting where his veto had to be overridden, um, giving citizens an, uh, no opportunity to question a pretty controversial decision. That's not exactly a profile in courage. So I think you have really solid comparisons there and you don't have to speculate about what what we would do. We have there we each have a record. But now, uh, Senator Campbell, I think. Uh, Am I correct that your campaign touts a, a poll where maybe you hold a three-point advantage? Yes. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Yeah, that was a um, a poll that we got commissioned out of um, out of state by a pollster that has been in the business for forty years and um, has an end value, um, a sample value of um, one thousand six hundred people, which is great because the more the higher that your sample size is, the better uh, level of confidence you have in the results. Um, and um, and we came in three points ahead in that race. Um, this was right after the primary. Um, I think there's been some elasticity. Um, since then, although we haven't pulled it, you know, I think things are going back and forth, and I think this is a horse race. Okay. Uh, you know, now, I really... I take it, just sort of give me context, I take it your Senate seat there in Southern Davidson is, you're in a purple area. Uh, 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 a Republican opponent uh, against you as a state senator would be viable, correct? Uh, yes, sir. Um, I, I beat. I flipped the first state senate seat we flipped in over twenty years from red to blue by beating a Republican. Um, so yeah, that is correct. Yeah. Okay. Senator Campbell, let's turn to a more national issue. Uh, one of the big issues that you you would have to deal with if you got to Congress is dealing with Section two thirty of the nineteen ninety six Communications Decency Act. And there is a, a, a lot of push to say that media companies ought not be opted out of, of liability of stuff that's on their platform. How do you see that and and, and what's your personal preference on, on dealing with those communication issues and, and the media? Well, we've had, so the social media world really, and quite frankly, the cable world took off before people were able to even really think about what was going to happen. And the 24-hour news cycle and social media have dramatically impacted, I think we all agree, dramatically impacted our world um, and in ways that aren't necessarily great. Um, so I think that some serious consideration needs to be given to how much 
power those corporations are holding. You know, when we see multi-bazillionaires like um, Bezos and um, um, uh, the Facebook guy. I'm forgetting Zuckerberg. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I forgot the name Zuckerberg. Um, I think that that's I, I think that's something that, um, you know, we need to be looking at because um, I think they're profiting off of our controversy and dis- the proliferation of disinformation. Um, so that is that is something that definitely needs to be addressed. I think it's dramatically hurting um, our, our society and certainly our kids. Um, and, you know, um, that that law that you're referencing was written a long time ago before social media was even a thought. I think this week there was a, a young girl that is actually claiming that Facebook was the cause of her death, the suicide. And I believe a lawsuit's going forward with that. So it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah. So, Heidi, something that's close to my uh, world and sphere, and it will be in your purview. Um, Marsha Blackburn has been key in this, but we're talking about... Years ago, printing and publishing was the number one source of income in Tennessee, and now it's been gutted by all the streaming services. We've been asking Congress for now, help from here. You're, you're talking about the music business. I'm talking about well, Heidi's in the music business, or okay. has been. I've been. And okay, it's a, but I mean, people, yes, I mean, yes, it's a it's the music business and a congressional effort. So, like what she was talking about, social. Uh, well, I'm, I'm just want to be clear on what print and publishing we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, well, it's printing and publishing was the Bibles. It was uh, music printing. It was all sorts of things in Tennessee. That's now gone because royalties have been gutted and she and i know this better than anybody and we need federal help because middle tennessee has a whole economy based around music so can you give us your thoughts on that Yes, ma'am. We need to we need to help our um, our musicians and our songwriters. Um, you know, the Electronic Frontier Foundation made a really um, strong effort to um, to get laws in place so that intellectual property was protected. Um, you know, it's it's an issue that um, is near and dear to my heart. You're and obviously yours as well. So I am with you 100 percent on that. We need to make sure that we're doing everything we can um, to protect the industry that comes out of this state and is not necessarily necessarily compensated um, to the degree that it should be, especially um, since, you know, the advent of social media and streaming services has taken away a lot of that income. Well, you know, uh, ladies, just as an aside, I I mean, I I write for what the size of our station is, very large checks to ASCAP, CSAC, uh, and now all of a sudden I'm getting a bill from what, SoundStage? Sound Exchange Mm -hmm. for... You know, saying that those licenses don't cover the broadcasting I'm doing online, so I've right. got to pace. But every time an artist or a writer comes in my studio, you know, I say, what are you getting? And they go, nothing. Nothing. And and so I'm writing checks that are going down somebody's pocket somewhere, and I'm really hacked off about it. Because if if the artists who came in here were getting the money, I'd be thrilled but they, it's going down a rat hole somewhere. It is. Uh, and this is a federal you know issue. It's so true, and we need transparency. As a songwriter, I would have, uh, I, I would co-write songs with um, people who were with ASCAP. I was with BMI, and we would have songs on TV shows, and we would we would compare the checks when we got the royalties, and they would be completely different because their formula is a black box. You know, we don't know how they're actually deciding what kind of royalties they're distributing. Well, they, they, might, they must be just hauling it out the back door in suitcases. So, <laughs> so my husband's very first single was called "That's Just Jesse." 
the day before the album dropped, it was on 23,000 shareable sites back then for free. Before we even had it in our hands, it was out being circulated on the Internet for free. And then when the checks came in, Jason was ASCAP and the co-writer was BMI, and there was a $40,000 discrepancy on that particular performance quarter. We've got racketeering going on, and the creative community in Tennessee, writers of all elk, need protected, Heidi. So, you know, I, I well, really want to know what you're and, saying. And to be sure now that this is a federal issue, uh, correct, Heidi? Yeah, and, it is. And, well, partially, yeah, right. The, the and, royalty and, rates are based by Congress, yes. And yeah. it's a federal issue, and Congress will be responsible for it. And it is an issue that is of big-time importance uh, to uh, industry here in Middle Tennessee. So, uh, And we're also looking at ways to compensate, um, you know, our musicians, because our musicians are um, not always getting compensated for what they are contributing to um, to a lot of this music. So um, I agree with you on, on, on that. We, we actually need to, to make sure that we're supporting. And, you know, this isn't just Nashville. Um, as, you know, as Debbie points out, there are people all, all throughout Tennessee and certainly surrounding in the middle Tennessee area and in this district, too. Um, this is their major source of income. Well, it's a death of an industry. It's a it's yes. a complete death. And I think the patient may be unre- – you can't resuscitate well, it I, at this point. I think point. we can all agree that Congress should do something about this because, I, I mean – uh, the money's going. I'm sending big checks that are going out the back door in suitcases, and I'm having artists and writers and whoever come right in this studio every dead gum day. And I'm going, well, what are you getting? They go, nothing. When you the know? stamp to send the check is more than the check, there's a problem. I mean, there's yes. writers <laughs> showing 25 cent checks, three cent checks. It just, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm tired of writing checks that are not getting to the people who are doing the work. So, all right, folks. Heidi, you got about three minutes here. Let's let's let you sum up, make your case uh, for why people, uh, Democrats, independents, and backsliding Republicans should consider you as uh, their next U.S. Congressperson. Thank you so much. It's so wonderful to be with you all this morning. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, so, you know, um, I'm doing this. Um, I think everybody can tell um, that when somebody's being genuine and authentic, I am I am doing this because I'm worried about the future for our kids and for your kids and for all of us. And um, and I think that we need to elect people who really care. Um, my opponent is funded by um, the Koch brothers and large corporations, and I am funded by small dollar donors and um, and have built up very um, um, small dollar um, funds, have not had any big donors. And he will be going to Washington to work for the people that fund him. And I would be going to Washington to work for, for the people in this district. It's really important to me. I think that we need to elect people that truly care. Um, my main, even though I'm an MBA and a state senator and a former mayor, really my main um, my main attribute that, that commends me to the, this position is that I'm a mom. There you go. And I'm worried. I'm worried about the future for. Well, I, I didn't realize you were a singer songwriter. I think you ought to take that on the trail. <laughs> uh, I'm a little. I'm getting a little old for that, but uh, um, I appreciate that. Yeah, there you go. I mean, well, Tennessee is sort of famous for that. What puts that in short? What committee would you want to be on? Or committees you'd want to be on if you went to Congress? Uh, well, I mean, it'd be obviously be great to be on appropriations, and and um, that's unlikely, um, you know. So I I think. Uh,